Before we jump into today's episode of the podcast, I have another sponsor today. Uh, I have the ad read right here. I'm going to pull it up. The technology of tomorrow is here today. As the years go by, more and more safety features are added to vehicles. And now I present to you the most advanced and safety safety feature to date, the steering wheel stand trademark. Did you know that every one out of four accidents every year are caused by cell phone usage? With the new steering wheel stand trademark, now you won't have to look away from the road when looking at your phone. This product is a phone stand for your steering wheel. The stand will be hand-delivered by our team and adjusted to your eye level and locked, so it can never be adjusted by anyone again, other than us, for safety purposes, of course. Use promo code SAFETYFIRST at checkout for 5% off our $300 installation fee. Upgrade the safety of your car today with the steering wheel stand, trademark. What do you think about that? Wow. Now that is an innovation I've been waiting for. Yeah. I'm always struggling. Like I'm trying to play Pokemon Go when I'm on the road, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to keep looking down and that's dangerous. You know, I'm trying to catch like whatever. I don't know how many Pokemon are in Pokemon Go right now. I'm trying to catch some rare stuff. Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. They've got them all. And uh, yeah, I can't do it. But now, yeah. That just this sounds really amazing. Good. This is really innovative, I think. Yeah, this is good. Um, this is from one of my friends, one of my good buddies who sent me this pitch. If you pay me $5-ish or somewhere around that, write me a script and I'll read it and I'll, I'll put it at the front of an episode. Created a product that doesn't exist and I'll read a script for it. It's a fun little game to play. The last one I did was a few weeks ago and um, it was about an online Braille tutoring service. <laughs> and this one is a steering wheel that goes or a stand that goes onto your steering wheel for your phone. They're really fun. Uh, DM me, get in touch with me. We can make something work. Welcome to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I'm joined today by the man who can recite any acronym piece like the digit of pi. It is, this is Antoine from Instagram, YouTube, whatever you want. And also just in real life, his name is Antoine. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, my man. Hello. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for reaching out. Um, I didn't even know. Well, it's always fun to hear when people know that I exist because I perceive myself as like very like niche and small. So when people actually know about the podcast, it's always fun to hear that like, I'm outside of the the 12 people in Britain who listen to my episode. So it's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it is strangely UK centric, isn't it? Not really Mm -hmm. sure why or how that happened, but that's fine by me. Yeah, I I don't know. Because it's like not even the brands are from the UK. And then also, if I mean, if we're going to be honest, no shade to the UK. Shout out. I love the Peaks District and all that. But um, (laughs) it's not the best hiking in the world either. You would think that it would be a much bigger scene in the United States or... Mm you know, Japan or something like that, but it's just huge in the UK. Don't know why. Maybe because we don't have much going on. We've got to like, yeah, that's got to be really like... <laughs> nail the stuff that we do have. Yeah. And it's like, it, I, another thing I would say is it's a smaller country also. So you guys can like connect more easily. Maybe the, the community has been built a little bit better because there's less time in between travel. Like if I want to go to Pacific Northwest where there's a lot of good hiking and where all the brands are, that's like, you know, nine hour plane ride, let alone mm. like a two day car ride. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's it. Yeah. Who knows? We can theorize all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll do an actual like study about this and re- interview people and stuff like that. But until then I can keep making up lies. Uh, but anyway, well, it's all right. To- You're gathering the data right now. <laughs> exactly. And so. I've done it a few times. 
I, this is this is not a, a new conversation topic for me. Everyone wants to know why is it big in the UK? And I have no answer, but it's whatever. A mystery. A mystery. Well, Antoine, here on the Trees and Island podcast, we ask a simple question at the very beginning, which I'm sure you're aware of. Um, would you like to talk about trees or nylon first? I think the the general trend seems to be trees mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I think let's do the opposite this time. Oh, wow. We'll do the Alrighty. nylon first. All right. And Mr. then we Tegwer. go deep with the trees afterwards. Okay, sweet. We bait them in with the tagware uh-huh. content. And then once they're hooked, then we hit them with the, then we hit them with yeah, the, the, the strange deep outside. outdoor stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit how you got into clothing because yours is a storied history. I used to watch your YouTube videos back in my supreme hype beast era of um, getting into fashion. Like you were, you were a gateway into oh, wow. a lot of different types of clothing for me. So I just want to not going to finger out or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, thank you. Yeah. OG fan then over here. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My kind of journey into caring about fashion properly is like a really strange bit of coincidence. And it's kind of related to, uh, to gaming in in like an hmm. unusual way. So I've been like a lifelong Nintendo fan, like always, always enjoyed that stuff. And uh, they started doing these little like collectibles called Amiibo. You probably know oh, what yeah. they are. They're of like, course. yeah, they're like figures well. that come with. I've been yeah. into game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're like kind of NFC action figure type things. And like, I'm not a big like cheap collectibles kind of guy. I'm not the kind of person that has like thousands of Funko Pops or whatever. But mm. I wanted to buy like one or two of these things. And I ended up joining a Facebook group because like when they came out, no one could get them. And I was like, I just want one of my boy, Captain Falcon or whatever. So mm. I was like trying to look at these, these places. And uh, as always, once a community gets to a certain size, you get like ridiculous community drama about like <laughs> stupid Nintendo action figures. There was an ended up. Oh yeah, like all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, there'll be some release and someone will go and buy up 20 of them to resell to other people in the group. And, you know, people would hate on them, all of this kind of thing. The mm. classic scalper behavior. Um and someone mentioned in this group, like, oh, there's a, a Facebook group that I'm part of that's like a fashion one. And they've done a really good job of like stomping the drama and like keeping it really mm. friendly and really chill despite being quite big. Um, and it's this, this fashion group called The Basement. And I was like, damn, this uh, is perfect because mm. I'd like just started, uh, I think I'd got a proper job as it were in inverted commas like six months ago. And yeah. I'd kind of been thinking to myself, like, you know, I want to take a bit more attention to like, how I dress, the kind of stuff that I wear. Um, Cause I'd always had like a vague interest in like looking nice, wearing some cool stuff, but I didn't really know very much about like streetwear or brands or anything. And I didn't really know where to get that kind of information. So this guy mentions this basement Facebook group and I'm like, Hey, that sounds cool. I can like ask a community of people how to dress like a cool dude. So found this group joined up and yeah, sure enough, this is like maybe 2014 or 2015. So this is like when Supreme was like the big thing. So every oh, yeah. outfit pick is like, you know, the APC petite new standards <laughs> and Supreme box logo tea and stuff. Oh yeah, baby. And I'm like, all right, I'm not really sure if this is for me because I've never really been big on like having big logos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, like kind of used that as a bit of a stepping stone to sort of build up some knowledge a little bit. Um 
And then, yeah, everything just kind of ended up going from there. I think eventually I ended up running into people posting pictures of like Nike Lab ACG and acronym and stuff and thinking like, now that's like the cool stuff. Like that's the kind of thing that I want to wear. So I ended up going in that direction. But even before that, I was kind of interested in, yeah, brands like APC and Acne Studios, Mm -hmm. um, Folk, uh, like all of these kind of like Scandi, minimal kind of brands. Because I like the idea of... Before your time. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of Norse Project as well. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one other that I liked as well. I can't remember the name now. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, and I kind of thought like, oh, this is definitely the style for me because I don't really like brand logos. I just want, you know, the clothes to do the talking. But the problem with that kind of style, at least what I found and this, you know, fairly early into my fashion journey, as it were, that I just ended up looking kind of like boring and I perceived myself to be looking very plain even though I was like, you know, I buy an APC jumper and it costs me 120 pounds instead of the ones that I were buying from H&M. It was like 30 pounds. And yeah. I just kind of look and feel the same. So I was in this place where I kind of thought like, I'm, I'm like trying harder, but nothing is working. I just feel very boring. And then, yeah, you end up seeing the like tech wear clothing stuff. Total opposite. Never, ever seen anything like it before. And that was what really made me think like, yeah, that's that's the kind of direction. Like I can see myself doing that mm. kind of thing. So, how many years do you think at this point you've been on the techwear flow? Yeah, pretty much since then. I think that progression was quite quick. Probably within the space of a year, I kind of went from like not really sure what was going on to mm. I'm going to convert my entire wardrobe to APC to I'm bored of this, I want something else. So yeah, I think probably- look. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't really for me. So yeah, I think maybe 2015, 2016 was when I really started wow. kind of going hard. So like six or seven years of enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. That's pretty wild. I So I think that's very unique also as far as fashion goes. I don't, I don't know a single person who, maybe I know one guy, one person who's like into clothing. Cause like, you know, the normies out there who aren't clothing pilled yet, they um, <laughs> they just kind of wear the same thing every day. It's like shorts and a t-shirt. They just buy whatever they can or like the color they like or something. But people who are like genuinely into clothing um, as like a hobby or fashion as a hobby, uh, I probably know one person who has found a way they like to dress and has stuck with it since like high school, which for me, that would be like six years ago. Mm. Um. And that was like late high school that he figured it out and was like, that's it. Like me, I have gone from hype beast to not tech wear, but pseudo tech wear to, um, this weird Gorp core scene. And now like kind of moving more to like a Milserp, like Americana type clothing style, which is what I'm getting into nowadays. Um, and I feel like, you know, that that evolution is where I'm most comfortable because I like the colors that are in it. I like the styles that are in it. But again, that's like seven years of me constantly just like changing and moving. And you're just like, yep, this one. And you just like picked it and kind of stuck <laughs> with it for seven years. I'd like to think that within that, though, there's been quite a lot of change. Like if you mm-hmm. go back, I mean, I have to be honest, like when I first started making YouTube videos and kind of taking content creation more seriously, a lot of the outfits mm-hmm. are pretty bad. Okay. Um, so I think there's been a, a kind of evolution there, even though you can, I feel like if you really 
like stretch the definition, like the amount of stuff that can be tagware in inverted mm. commas is pretty big. And I feel like at the start, it was, yeah, very much like, I want to be the cyber ninja hacker, you know, all black pockets everywhere kind of vibe. But yeah, yeah if you compare that to now, uh, yeah, very different. Like I still kind of like that futuristic technical performance infused kind of thing but yeah a lot more attention to kind of wider silhouettes more retro stuff kind of like the mm. the sort of y2k kind of thing as well even though yeah, i maybe yeah. don't own that much that fits into that kind of look mm. and yeah i think there's and, and yeah the kind of outdoor fashion side of things as well there's something that yeah 2016 era me would have been like ah oh, that's that's pretty lame like tech wears the cool version of gorbcore or, or outdoor fashion or whatever and now I'm kind of almost going back in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some of your fits recently have been incorporating, you know, the Solomon, the Ann Wander, Arcteryx. Mm. You're getting, you're going backwards. You're regressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though. I like a lot of the stuff you put together and I really do respect the commitment to it. You know, it's not just like a passing trend. Anyone that has style, I can respect no matter how corny the style may be, which I'm not saying yours is, but like <laughs> my hypebeast friend who from high school just still wears like Supreme and like vintage clothing. And as corny as it may be, and as much as I may not like some of the fits he puts together, like the dedication to just having one style for so long and just keeping it updated and curating all the time, I can respect that in itself. Yeah, definitely. I think that's got a, a huge amount of value. And it kind of shows a sense of, you know, being very comfortable with yourself mm -hmm. and who you are, not really feeling the need to dress to please other people too much. You should take yeah. in the stuff that you like, the the culture that you feel resonates with you in some way. And yeah, just rolling with it. So what's wrong with that? And everything is circular anyway, you know? So 10 years mm -hmm. time, people will probably be looking at that guy and being like, damn, he got the Supreme. Like, that's cool as fuck. <laughs> so yeah yeah just yeah. just keep at it and eventually you'll be on trend again exactly you just have to you have to not care about trends is the real thing once you find style because style and fashion are different style yeah, is sure. personal and your own journey and fashion is kind of just like mainstream what everyone else is doing that's what i think yeah. at least that's how i see it um yeah. mm, okay you've talked you talked all about the past let's move on i guess present you've talked a little bit about what you're into now could you elaborate a little more on Maybe how you see yourself dressing now, how that's changed, brands you like now, maybe you didn't. I mean, I've, I've mentioned all the Corpcore stuff, but maybe mm. something else. If we haven't touched on it, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what can I? What can I say that we haven't already covered? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some brands in the space that are currently not being kind of featured that much. I think there's quite a big space kind of between your regular clothing and your hyper performance outdoor gear which is i think it's a space that more and more people are aware of now but it's definitely something that's growing um i feel like traditionally if you're talking mm -hmm. outdoor fashion you've either got your well you've either got nothing i.e i don't know what i'm doing i'm just gonna wear jeans and t-shirts or walk up a hill <laughs> and then you've yeah. got the like the kind of arcteryx and i think north face kind of markets themselves in this way as well as this kind of like 
we've got the performance you need. Like we will cover you from everything. Like mm-hmm. this is for the extreme weather. And then people have in their mind, like, well, this is the best gear. So therefore I will purchase this. Mm-hmm. But there's like a lot of space in the middle, which I think now is being filled by like and wonder is a big one. Kale, uh, Norbit, mm-hmm. um, stuff like Goopy made as well to an extent, which is kind of like, yeah, this has some performance elements. You can go out hiking. You can do some fun stuff in this, but you know, ultimately it's for casual use. It's for like the casual day-to-day hiker. And Mm. a lot of people probably fit into that category. And I think it's nice that there's more options now that's kind of upfront and honest about who the audience are. Um, I think that's, that's kind of cool. And that's something that I definitely like to wear a little bit more of. Mm. The, the, the more cat you're not wearing the, like, uh, what even is it? The, the North face jacket, they wear to summit Everest. You're not wearing that out on the daily, but you'll throw on like a beta. I don't know. <laughs> or like an atom an Arcteryx atom. Yeah. The, the atom was the first Arcteryx thing that I got. I bought one back in like 2017, 2018, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's real nice, real nice piece. It's the kind of thing that doesn't almost doesn't matter too much how it looks because you just wear it under other jackets all the time. So mm. the only thing that it has to do is be very warm. easy to put on and take off and yeah, keep you warm, give you that little mm. bit of extra insulation and be kind of comfy next to skin as well. Like it's certainly more comfy than like a Gore-Tex shallows if you try and wear that with a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think uh, that's that's a real nice gateway into performance fashion. I think something like mm. that gives people a very good idea of like, oh yeah, I can buy this piece of clothing. It's so utilitarian and it's designed for a very particular thing and it does it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is good. That was the first piece of Arcteryx I ever got was an Adam jacket. And then from there, I've gotten like some like sun hoodies, some base layers. I have a beta, obviously. Um, but I think, yeah, at the end of the day, also the idea of like these hardcore, like for the mountain, for specific things, um, that gear, you don't need a ton of it. And like, I have one like really good rain jacket and I don't really need another rain jacket, but then it's like, but I kind of want an Ann Wander jacket, but then I won't get a rain jacket. I'll get like an Ann Wander hoodie or an Ann Wander like t-shirt or something like that instead. Cause I just, I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a, an issue that I've talked about on the pod before of overconsumption. And I mean, you're, all these companies are in an industry where they have to produce clothing and I have to sell clothing. Um, I don't know why I'm getting up on a soapbox right now, but I kind of am. And uh, yeah, I feel like like what you were saying, where these companies are making things like that are designed for super, something super rugged. You don't need a million Arcteryx betas, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that uh, I'm, I take a real strong stance on overconsumption, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really track so well when I've got like a massive rail of jackets behind <laughs> me. Like, no, no, it's okay. No, I mean, you no have a job. one man <laughs> needs like 15 Gore-Tex jackets. Yeah, th- this mm-hmm. is this is kind of the thing that kind of like you have a job to do it aspect. Um, like I feel there is that kind of sense of irony of me talking about, you know, you only really need one Gore-Tex shell, guys. Like here's something mm-hmm. you could consider. Like don't overconsume. like talking in front of my massive rail of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do do definitely appreciate it's a bit of a do as I say, not as I do type thing, but I think I, I try as much as I can to consider myself like the Linus Tech Tips, the Marquez Brownlee <laughs> of like 
technical clothing rather than the kind of lifestyle vlogger, please emulate my life kind of thing. Like yeah. no one's gonna no one's gonna rip on Marquez Brownlee for being like, you've got like 50 phones, like stop buying phones. Like mm-hmm. he's not using all the phones, you know, like he's he's reviewing them and, and looking at them from that kind of perspective. So yeah. I'm you fortunate know, before, that no one's really gone too hard on that for me. I've not really had too much of a hard time, luckily. And I think it's because of the position you just said that you're in, where you see yourself more as like the reviewer side of it, more than like the, I'm buying all these because it's the hottest new thing on the market and I got to have it. And so do you. It's like, no, I'm buying <laughs> this to like review it. So maybe you don't want to buy it or maybe you shouldn't buy it. And like, you know, that kind of things. Um, I was also going to say that before Linus Tech Tips grew his beard, you kind of look like him. Hmm. Kind of look, okay. You kind of look familiar. I don't, I, know, I don't know if maybe. you take it. I see it as a compliment. Maybe you don't, but. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm down with that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, bet, I can't think of all the other various people that I've been compared to, but yeah, every now and again, someone will say like, hey, you kind of look like this guy or you kind of sound like this person. And I feel like if you put like a lineup of all these people that I apparently look like together, there would just be almost no similarity between all these people. I mean, we need to get like, we need to get a full spread. We need to get like a criminal lineup of all the people that you've been told you look like and just, yeah. you need to do like a, like an FBI facial recognition thing and see how many people like line them all up in one photo and see how much <laughs> you compare to them. <laughs> yeah. I need a definitive answer on which celebrity I actually <laughs> look most like. No one will give me a straight answer. Exactly. Um, let's move on now to your future. Uh, you already talked a little bit about introducing a little bit more of the outdoor clothing elements that you've previously scoffed at in the past to your wardrobe. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you could see yourself getting into or that you're currently trying to get into? And I'm going to try to fix my fan while you answer, but I can still hear you. Yeah, no worries. You you go for it. Yeah, I'm seeing you've got some technical difficulties there, but that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like, again, as a, a kind of... A, a problem, I suppose, with the kind of content that I do is that does start dictating the kind of things in my future to an extent in that part of the stuff that I want to think about is, well, if I, you know, if I buy, if I want to review this particular thing, if I want to cover this kind of look, is that actually going to be of use to other people? Are people going to find that interesting? So there is mm-hmm. an element of, I don't want to say my style is dictated by by what I think other people will like. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but there's definitely a consideration aspect to that. And I have definitely bought things thinking like, oh, this will be, this will make for interesting content rather than I can't wait to wear this. I mean, a, mm. a very obvious example is like, I've got a bit of a series of reviewing like intentionally bad products. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. You know, I've got, yeah. The, the AliExpress specials down <laughs> here, um, which yeah. are just chilling the land combat groups. Um, so, you know, I've consumed my fair share of, you know, what is frankly pretty terrible products. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely has an effect. Um, but yeah, what else in the future? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there was something that I had uh, in mind recently, actually. Um, have you ever heard of this, this brand, Honey Supplies? No, I have not. Yeah, very, very niche, very small. Um, but it's one of those things where like they've just come out with one product that kind of seems really cool. They've got these um, very oversized, like also kind of cropped hoodies and it's kind of super Y2K. They've got these like graphics on the front and the back. Um, and yeah, they've, they've kind of been like a real sleeper hit. I actually tried to buy one of the weekend and they sold out like immediately. Um, Honey supplies. Like, 
Yeah, H-U-N-I. Ah. Yeah. That's why I couldn't Yeah, and I, I, think, I think stuff like that is really interesting. I kind of like the idea more now of trying to support or trying to get involved with brands that are at that kind of level where it's like one person who's got a really interesting creative idea and they're just getting it off the ground and they haven't mm-hmm. really been touched by this sort of huge like you know get it in stock at all the different retailers and have these massive marketing campaigns and stuff like that um okay. i think yeah trying out more stuff like that would be cool because i am certainly conscious of falling into that trap of you know purchasing stuff that's you know a hundred percent cultural zeitgeist all the time and like yeah oh, i keep seeing you know solomon xt6s on my feet you page like you better pick up a pair of those and then like sure yeah. enough you get a pair and then the next month there's some other micro trend and then you keep mm-hmm. going and keep going i'd you know yeah i would like to be the person where you haven't seen that thing before and you think like oh okay that's wow. kind of interesting and probably half the people are like that sucks and i hate it and then maybe there's a small <laughs> portion that are like yeah this is kind of interesting like mm-hmm. not seen that before i like it that's definitely something that, that i would like to do more in the future but obviously it's it's hard kind of finding mm-hmm. stuff like that because by yeah, exactly. nature they have kind of low exposure yeah yeah i really like that um it's a good answer just shopping more locally looking for the next big thing looking for things that like aren't necessarily super hype maybe smaller brands like honey and all that yeah i think so and also buying things i say buying like yeah <laughs> trying to pick things up that are uh-huh like a bit off meta if you know what i mean like yeah, exactly. I, I really don't want to be i i kind of realized that by this point i am the techware guy in inverted commas <laughs> but i don't really yeah. want every single day to be like oh yeah he's wearing the you know canonical techware uniform with all of mm-hmm. these very well established brands because i think it's way more interesting looking at stuff where yeah maybe someone's got like an acronym jacket or whatever but they're wearing it in a totally different way with some very different brands that maybe on paper wouldn't pair up that well or Mm. you know are not even part of the same aesthetic or genre but then you put those things together and they work really nicely i think there's a lot of space for that i think it's something that increasingly is getting kind of hard to do because people like to put themselves in those um particular genres from like a algorithm perspective you know people want to fit into a certain category um and i realize this is this is dangerously close to (laughs) cringe territory of like all these people trying to be in genres and define themselves man but i I think there is some kind of reality to that um and yeah it would be nice to yeah think a little bit more about Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and, and try and consciously not just be too uniform in in what i'm doing Nice. Let's move on to the tree section of the podcast, which um, here it is. Tree section of the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about your, um, I guess, childhood, your getting outside tendencies growing up or previous to today. Yeah. Um, Well, as we discussed uh, Mm pre-podcast, I am, for my sins, a little bit of a gamer with a capital G. Mm, So I was not uh, 100% of the time, like, outdoors, eating bugs and, like, throwing sticks around and stuff. Really? Have you eaten Um, a bug before? uh, Not not in, like, a Bear Grylls kind of way. I think I have in, like, a prepared 
snack from a packet kind of way. Oh, really? What kind of bug did yeah. you eat? Yeah, I must have. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I want to say like, I want to say like ants. You can get like packs of little like yeah. crispy ants and like crabs as well. Tiny little crabs. Technically, technically a crab a bug? is like the insect of the sea. Yeah, a bug-like. Bug-like, yeah. yeah. Have you had those? You said the crispy, the crispy crabs, right? Yeah. You like bite the like tiny little ones. You bite the whole shell and everything. Yeah, crunch yeah. them. Yeah. How'd you like that? I was not a fan. Yeah, kind of interesting. I'm not sure if I would replace it with my standard mini cheddars that I have for lunch, but mm, kind of no, a definitely not a nice bit of contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I have a, I have a story to tell about eating bugs. There was one time I went to a summer camp for most of my uh, teenage life until I was like 18. And there was one time we were so hungry waiting for lunch that we just started eating ants. But we were told that the ants are, I was, I wasn't 17. I was probably like 12 <laughs> or 13 when I did this. We were told the ants like tasted, they were called, they, the counselor might've just been lying to us, but the counselor said that they were called citrus ants because they tasted like citrus, like lime and lemon and stuff when you ate them. And maybe it was him saying that that made them taste like it, but they did. And I ate like four or five of them. And they didn't wow. make me full at all, but I ate ants that no. were just like alive. I think that's that's, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. I feel like most people wouldn't bother with that, but you really went for no. it. You'd have to eat a lot of ants for it to like You'd make to a eat... difference to how full you are. How many calories are in an ant? Probably. It's <laughs> got to be like single digit, surely. <laughs> Probably not even that. How many calories in an ant? Okay. For red ants, there's 111 calories per 100 grams of ant. <laughs> Next time I eat it... a 100 gram ant, I'll think about <laughs> And an ant weighs, depending on the breed. Okay, so a normal red ant weighs 5 milligrams. So, if you need... A hundred grams of ant, and it's a hundred thousand. That's a hundred thousand milligrams. So divide that by five. That's how many ants you need to eat. So that's what twenty thousand. Yeah, that's 000? like a couple of colonies worth. Yeah, it's like twenty thousand ants. Yeah, that's all of ants. <laughs> right I'm glad you didn't eat twenty thousand of them. No, no, I didn't eat twenty thousand, and that's only a hundred calories too. So that's pretty crazy. That's a lot of ants you need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. Yeah. Well, next time I'm like super hungry, I'll know. Don't waste your time trying to eat ants. Don't waste your time trying to get ants. You're going to need a lot of them. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're on a diet, in which case, probably finding, <laughs> probably finding 20,000 ants will burn more calories than eating them. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Professional <laughs> weight loss strategy. Get your fork out. Go hunting for ants. <laughs> exactly. Fork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You Very can just frame small them and eat them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way of um, strategy. Anyway, yeah. you were saying you you didn't eat ants um, outside. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't up. eat ants outside. So a lot of the the kind of outdoor stuff that I did do was I I suppose just just for the uh, I don't know how do I put this. Like it wasn't because oh wow I love going outside and and being mm-hmm. in nature. It was more like I want to do a cool thing and it happens to be outside. So like I was super into 
basically all kinds of extreme sports. So I used to love skateboarding, mm. okay. mountain bikes. Uh, I'm sure I had a BMX at some point rollerblades like all of this kind of stuff um yeah i would always be outside doing that so i think that for me was the main kind of reason that i would be outside doing stuff um i used to do i say used to still do to an extent like ski and snowboard and all this kind of thing so yeah anything kind of adrenaline involved um is stuff that i would have done as a kid so that was my main kind of outdoor experience um so i guess if we go back far enough a lot of my clothing kind of reflected that i remember wearing like hawk branded hoodies and like quicksilver and billabong yeah. like all of this kind yeah. of thing when i was in all like that extreme digits. extreme sport brands yeah real radical kid oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you weren't you weren't <laughs> into the boring just like walking outside birding that kind no. of thing you were no. if i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna be i'm gonna be tearing it up yeah exactly i want to be endangering myself or i'm yeah, not of course. doing it absolutely as you should be um and yeah. how often how often did you was this like a daily thing on the weekends you did this mm. yeah i used to skateboard every day after school in my driveway with my friend mm. who'd like come over nice and, uh, we were never particularly good i think mm. we were really too young to really like push ourselves if you know yeah. what i mean but yeah you know it was it was pretty fun and yeah we were we were super into it so yeah had a had a lot of fun doing that i still skate actually occasionally oh nice yeah are you better now or are you worse now than when you were a child <laughs> i'm i'm definitely better now but i'm not particularly good i think now the problem is that i really don't want to properly injure myself a because yeah. it just hurts so much more you just hit the ground so hard now Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would be pretty debilitating having like a broken wrist or something like that. Where yeah, you've got to spend so much time looking at Excel spreadsheets and typing and all of this nonsense that it would mm-hmm. just not be worth it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to nowadays. Now that you've rediscovered mm-hmm. the outdoors because of my podcast, um, <laughs> uh, how often do you get outside? What's what's the schedule look like? What do you enjoy doing? What's that? Mm. Um, so right now my, my main outdoor thing, I suppose is running. Uh, I Mm. go running every morning, every weekday morning. Nice. Um, so I'm not like a super marathon runner or anything. I do like Mm. two and a half miles or just over. So it's kind of enough to balance the diet of sweets and chocolate. Um, (laughs) so, you know, I keep that kind of perfect, that perfect, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the main thing. But I'm quite fortunate in that we live in a very typical English countryside kind of environment. So mm. I can literally walk out of the door, turn the corner, and I'll be in a nice field. Um, and I can go like walk up some hills and stuff. So we try and do that like almost every weekend, maybe every other weekend, like get out for nice. a little bit. You know, it's pretty, pretty light stuff, maybe an hour or two. But, you know, it's much nicer than staying inside 100% of the time. My view exactly. definitely changed like... When you're a kid, like having epic gamer time is so valuable that you're like, <laughs> I do not want to go outside and interrupt that. But now, you know, you spend so much time looking at bad screen and then looking at good screen. You kind of want to do none of that for a little bit as well. You want to have that one hour a day when you're just actually living in the real world. Um, and where do you live? Like, what's your address? <laughs> what's your gps coordinates yeah yeah what's your drop a pin no uh, what like, <laughs> city are you close to just so i can kind of get a feel yeah um so yeah what is my nearest city if you mind if you mind saying obviously you don't have to 
Yeah, I'm not that far from London. Essentially, okay. Um, I can I can get a train into London. I'll be there in you know 45 minutes or so. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it's kind so, of a home counties kind of area for uh, for the UK people, which okay. I'm sure okay. everyone will be able to tell by my kind of posh accent. Ah, see, I I, I can't um, because I'm not from there. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I think uh, any any UK person would would definitely spot me as a home counties kind of really kind of person. Yeah, I think so. It's very interesting. From doing this podcast, I've heard quite a few different accents. Mm. I don't know. I I wouldn't have been able to. Maybe you kind of sound like my friend Ali, who's from Oxford. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a million miles away. It's probably maybe an hour for me to get to Oxford. Okay. So yeah, quite. Similar. And maybe I'm so totally wrong, and maybe I'll get roasted for saying that. But that's kind of how I perceive it. Yeah. No, I think you're pretty close with that. Okay. Cool. Count it. Um, that's <laughs> nice though. Uh, it's running is something I'd like to get into a lot more. I'm trying to. I've changed my fitness goal from becoming absolutely shredded to being like functionally fit and like just strong as well. Um, because I think that's very important. Like, you know, back when I was on my strongest, I could deadlift the most I ever could and bench the most I ever could, but I could not run for more than like a minute without getting winded and just like getting a stitch in my side. And that's as someone who formerly played uh, the beautiful game for my whole life, that's not very nice to realize about yourself so i'm mm-hmm. getting back into like running a little bit mm-hmm. i picked up boxing to get into like cardio and jump roping oh, and nice. stuff like that all the stuff that comes along with it um as well as like some weight training to you know look like a greek god um hell yeah the cardio is a cardio is a part of that so i'd like to be just like stronger so hill around me it's like very hilly it's, it's a lot and it's also like humid as hell and um in uk terms um i used to know these let me see yeah it's like around 30 degrees celsius every day oh wow here yeah um it's getting cooler and like i think i'm willing fall to happen because i really want fall to happen i really want it to be like autumn and like the leaves change and it'd be like i can i my, my dog's a pomeranian husky mix and I feel really bad walking her in the heat. Like I just walk her at night every night or obviously at, at night, every night I walk her every night because I don't want to walk her during the day. Cause she's going to die of a heat stroke. Mm. So yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for the cold weather and that's when I enjoy running as well. So it'll happen. It'll happen eventually. But anyways, that's a little bit about yeah, me. Definitely. You want to, you want to make things as comfortable and easy as possible for yourself, especially with yeah. something like running. Cause to be honest, it's mm-hmm. not that fun. Yeah, I don't do absolutely. it like loving every second of it. It can be kind of tedious, but it's more mm-hmm. about building the habit and the routine that it is like waiting for that motivation to strike like that day that yeah. you're like, yeah, today I'm going to go running because you'll do it once and then you won't do it again. Mm-hmm. It's like working out too. You know, you get like mm-hmm. one good session, be like, this is awesome. I feel great. Next day comes up and you're like, oh, I could do that. Or I could just like sit around and watch YouTube videos or like play games or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, building that habit. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think uh, getting that kind of, yeah, as you say, the the functional fitness kind of thing, I think is a, definitely a good goal to aim for. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to be healthy, you know? I want to be, mm-hmm. and like with healthy, I want to be like strong and I want to have good cardio. And I think 
all that kind of leads to a very healthy, and I want to be flexible. I'm not flexible. I want to be like more, more like, I want to be able to touch my toes and like bring my leg up higher than my knee without having to bend my leg, you know? Mm. You've got quite the routine cut out for you then. You've got a little bit of boxing to do, a bit of running, a bit of weights, a bit of yoga, maybe, a flexibility. (laughs) I'm definitely not like out of shape. I'm not, I'm not out of shape, but I, I have a lot to work on and that's how I motivate myself. Yeah. I heard someone say, because you kind of have to do what you can to make like working out and doing stuff like that kind of enjoyable. Um, and a lot of people perceive it to be like a kind of punishment, you know, like you've spent Mm -hmm. all week eating like takeaways or whatever. So now you've got to really like punish yourself on the treadmill. But I heard someone say that like, you should consider it as like a test of what your body is capable of doing. And then like be kind of interested at the results and having that in my head. (laughs) Yeah. kind of made me think like, yeah, that, that does sound a bit less tedious. If you kind of uh-huh. think like, yeah, I'm going to see like how fast I can run around this route today and then think like, huh, yeah, I can do that pretty fast. That's quite cool. Maybe I can do it faster tomorrow. Exactly. Just, yeah. You know, that, day by day. those little like psychological shifts, I think can be the difference between you just giving up and you kind of thinking like, yeah, you know what? I'll just, I'll do it again. Yeah. Thinking of it not as punishment, I think is a really good first step. And also like going on what you said about like, oh, I ate takeaway all week. Now I have to like punish myself with going to the gym. You can eat takeaway all week, which isn't good for you. If you want to lose weight, you just got to eat less of it. And if you want to gain weight, you just got to eat more of it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's good. Sure. I mean, it's all about calories at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. People like to frame it as like food is, is fuel. It's not for pleasure. Do other yeah, stuff for pleasure. Just, and just yeah, don't like it, that. it definitely does work. But yeah, at what cost? At what cost? I love eating high. pasta. So like, mm, I have pasta for dinner. I'm, that's good. That's very good. What kind? What'd you put on there? Um, it was uh, like filled pasta, so it had like okay. mushroom and mm. like mozzarella inside, mm. uh, and then some tomato and mascarpone sauce. And uh, I also, just treating myself before going on the okay. podcast, had good, a good. little like garlic flatbread as well. Ooh. Really quite indulgent stuff going on. <laughs> nice stuff. Nice stuff. Yeah. For dinner tonight, I'm having chicken and rice because I thawed chicken out a day ago and I haven't cooked it yet. So time to do that. Nice. Fuel. Yes, sir. Use it to get strong. Fuel. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, let's move on now to the future of trees. Uh, do you have... Whoa, whoa. <clears throat> I guess we didn't touch on like if you go hiking or anything now. We can do that before we move on in the future. Do you go hiking? Do you enjoy not just running, but going on a walk, going camping, mm. anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I just about beat the the trend of people starting to go hiking in 2020. Um, okay. I think probably, yeah, maybe like a few years before that. Um my girlfriend and I are kind of taking the view that yeah, we should probably do some more outdoor stuff. And like, it's just a nice way to spend an afternoon. Like we've never been super serious about it. Um, you know, we've not really done the kind of, okay, let's get up at dawn and pack some kind of ultralight bag. And then we'll do mm-hmm. like a, you know, 30, 40 K walk or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just nice to get out. And yeah, as I say, we are pretty fortunate in that we live in a, a very nice area for this kind of thing. And like, we can happily drive like 10, 20 minutes in any direction, just get out of the car. And then that's like a nice walking route wherever we happen to to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've done like one or two bigger trips as well. So last year we went to Snowden with a bunch of my friends. Nice. And that was like three or four days 
and we stayed in a little sort of traditional cottage type place um, and yeah every day we just went out for like fairly chunky walk somewhere and we actually went up Snowden one day of course got to do that um, so yeah that that was really fun and I would definitely be up for doing some more multi-day stuff I've never really nice. done any well I have done camping before but only like a festival scenario rather yeah, than yeah. a proper outdoor like wild kind of camping mm-hmm. yeah um and my view on that has kind of changed recently before I was a bit like oh why would I do that because I could just stay in a hotel or a B&B or <laughs> but yeah yeah increasingly now and I think it's because of like the amount of time that we have to spend on like computers and phones and stuff like that the idea mm. of being in a scenario where like well none of that stuff is really going to be that useful so you might as well enjoy yourself doing something else that kind of appeals a little bit more now so i would be a little bit more up for doing camping of some kind and it gives you an excuse to like get some cool stuff as well kind of like <laughs> the does. idea of having it like does. a you get that fun little fold-out table yeah exactly the, snow peak tent with the fold-out <laughs> table all the titanium cups and stuff Ooh, oh yeah what a treat yeah it's absolutely a treat. Yeah, I would say also um, camping is very freeing. And like, you know, when you go on a hike, you're talking about just like escaping modern society, basically, and just like getting out and just being able to have a nice walk and forget all that. Camping is the ultimate experience of that. Or even if you do have service, like I find myself completely not looking at my phone unless it's like, you know, that good night text or something. But yeah. um, just not not looking at my phone and just enjoying the view wherever i am enjoying just like the company that i have with me mm. um enjoying the fire drinking eating all that it's like it's a true communal experience it's very like uninterrupted i guess unadulterated it might be mm. the right word by just like modern society it's really it's very it's very pure it's a very good experience. I'm. It's. It sounds very wholesome, but in reality, it's like a bunch of guys just on a mountain getting drunk. And but it's really fun. It's like a nice community to have. So I would highly yeah. recommend finding like a nice little camping spot and just going out. Just do like an overnight trip. Just do like one night, hike up there, spend the night, leave in the morning, that kind of thing. Go get like a nice mm. breakfast somewhere. Yeah, and that's like a pretty minimal amount that can go wrong if you know what i mean like yeah yeah, okay maybe it rains and like you get a bit wet and it's like slightly miserable but like it's one night so what it's it's pretty minor in the grand scheme of things i have been i have been camping in the rain i haven't been camping in the snow but i've been camping damn near close if there was precipitation in the sky it would have been snow it was like oh i said oh i have to still the calculator up it was negative six at night celsius yes and um my sleeping bag was not rated for that kind of weather my sleeping bag was rated for one degree and it was negative six and so me and the other friend in my tent were freezing i woke up with my feet numb and my hands freezing cold and it was great we packed up immediately we had a very nice hot breakfast in the morning we drove back um but that night was pretty brutal we stayed by the fire for absolutely as long as we could because it was so cold but it is it's like it's a it's like a very human experience to have something like that, you know, because you don't you don't feel like that very often with all the modern conveniences of the world. So I think it uh, builds character, honestly, to be able yeah, to like definitely. do something like that. Mm. Yeah, you got to be a little bit uncomfortable occasionally. Exactly. Yeah, and like you know, no one was going to die. Everyone was just going to be like a little uncomfortable from how cold it was. So, 
Yeah. There's my there's my liver king talk for you. Make yourself <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> nice. Uh, so now we can move on. We've already talked about you wanting to go camping, hiking, whatever. I'm going to pitch um, the good people over at Common Ground, which is an Instagram page of all UK hikers, campers, walkers, okay. birders, everything like that. Um, started by some of the friends from the show and they go on group walks. And I'm sure if you talk to them, I don't know anywhere to go camping, but they always go camping. It's cmn.ground. If you want to look it up on your phone. Uh, yes, got it. Yeah. And uh, the six or seven people they follow are the people who like run it. And they're the ones who, um, you know, go hiking and camping all the time. So if you want to talk to them, I'm sure they have good spots around you or around wherever. And they do group walks and stuff also, and you can talk to people and meet new people and all that. So, ah, cool. Little community yeah, for good. you. Yeah. Hitting me with the knowledge. There you go. I see an aspiring, an aspiring outdoorsman. So I just want to, I want to help out where I can. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Sorry. I'm just like, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going through just, like, like every single through. post now, being like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Do oh, little nice. videos Dogs for all their group box and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they have a Discord also where they plan all their group box and plan, like, oh, I'm going hiking here. Who wants to come with me? I have this for sale or, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it would be cool to do more stuff like that. I feel like this is another, like, painfully ironic thing about what I do is I spend so much time covering outdoor fashion and technical stuff mm -hmm. that 90% of the time I'm like in here writing mm -hmm. a script about it or yeah. recording it and not actually doing the thing. Well, yeah, so it would be exactly. nice to to turn that around and actually uh, actually get out there a little bit more. Hey, maybe you turn one of those techware reviews or maybe not techware as much as like an outdoor wear review into like, hey, I wore it up on this hike. Here's some footage from the hike. Yeah, out on the field. Out on the field. There you go. Yeah actually wear it out yeah. nice um we started with wait where are we are we we're already done with all that yeah i'm sorry i totally forgot time flies man <laughs> we can we can do it again thought, if you want we can we can, do it i can again. give some alternative answers yeah yeah actually i didn't I, yeah i didn't like it the first round let's do it again <laughs> um well after that i have viewer questions for you mm. yeah you have quite a few Oh, wow. Questions. Nice. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think this is the most questions I've ever gotten, to be honest. Oh, I didn't know I was that mysterious. Yeah, you must People be. People want to know stuff. So some of them, I will say, some of them are things that we've already talked about. People who mm -hmm. don't know about the show are like, oh, how'd he get into techware? And it's like, okay, well, we, he's already going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So listen to six episodes of the show before you comment, please, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> gatekeeping the podcast yeah i'm gatekeeping you you're not allowed i won't even ask your question if i see that uh you haven't listened to eight you have to send me screenshots <laughs> of like you listening to eight episodes <laughs> um okay so the first question is from leaf prince north they ask you can only wear one brand for a year what would it be and why Ooh, that's a good question i feel like it's very hard to pick one because there's there's not really anyone that like covers everything that I would want to get out of clothing. Mm -hmm. um, but I we'll, guess we'll just I, say like, not for shoes. We'll just say like clothing, okay. like, yeah. 
I guess I, I probably have to give the obvious cop-out answer of acronym because of course, I own of enough of it already <laughs> that I can, you know, probably without too much difficulty, like build some different <laughs> outfits that kind of look different, kind of appropriate mm-hmm. for most weather conditions. Um, and I think they they do some stuff that other brands don't really do or not really in the same way. So I kind of think they have a lot to offer from that perspective. And I just think in general, they're quite an interesting brand. So definitely something that, yeah, I have some kind of uh, affiliation with, I suppose, from that perspective. And I find them quite interesting. Beautiful. I love the answer. Um, next question is from Gigano or Gigano, 1989. They asked Brief History of Antoine. Skipping that. We've already done that. Uh, okay. They asked another question, though. So I'll ask this one. Uh, Gigano, Gigano, whatever it is, 1989 asks, what is the, oh, I don't know why they put the underscores. What is a techware purchase that you regret the most? Um, oh, that's a good question. People like to clown on me for my Y3 poncho that I bought a while ago. I don't okay. know if that necessarily counts as techware. Um, on the basis that like, it wasn't definitely wasn't cheap when I bought it and it's so outrageous looking. It's like almost floor length. It's made of this like translucent kind of sailcloth material. Um, and I think I've worn it out in like a normal context, like once. So like from a cost per wear perspective, it's pretty horrendous. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's my biggest regret because I do think it's really cool, even though I never wear it. So that's okay. like, that's half an answer. Um, I'm trying to like look behind me to to think about other things that I really regret. Um, yeah, there's there's not too much, honestly, where I've really felt like, God, I messed up buying this. Maybe there's things where like I've accidentally bought them in like the wrong size or something and now I don't mm. feel very comfortable wearing them. But even stuff where I end up not wearing it that much, they're kind of interesting in some way or they kind of taught me something, if you know what I mean, even if I don't like yeah. wearing them. Like, um, I guess similar to the poncho, the acronym CP4, it's like a, it's another like poncho, like cape type thing, entirely impractical. Like when you own so many jackets, I can't see many situations where you would kind of reach for that. Mm-hmm. And yet it's, it's so kind of interesting and cool having like the acronym take on what is traditionally like a very anti-fashion product and turning it into this like weird futuristic kind of cowboy type thing um and just having this like massive sheet of gore windstopper material is just so unusual like what other brands would would take like a material like that and be like yeah we're just gonna cut a big old square of it and uh and now you can wear it i think that's when you cool. look up the acronym cp4 ws mm. the seventh or eighth image on Google images is your Reddit post of you wearing the Cape. Ah, nice. Yeah. Thank you. SEO. <laughs> there you go. That's that SEO for you. <laughs> uh, next question is from two hz.mp3. I don't think your followers are literate. <laughs> They've been corrupted by acronym. Oh, Let me dear. try to decipher this question they for you. They speak only in nuclear launch codes. <laughs> exactly. So the direct question is, with your and tech brands push for more color in the style. Oh, okay. Never mind. Maybe I'm illiterate. With So you and tech brands are pushing for more color 
in the techware style. That's what they're asking. Mm, right. What great. do you expect to see more of in the future? Or what do you hope to see more of in the future? Color-wise, basically, in um, techware. What colors would you yeah. like to see? Um, Sorry about that. No, no, um, that's, that's all good. That's all good. <laughs> I read the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite color is green overall. So mm. I'm definitely a fan of, of various green tones. Um, and that's not necessarily a mega rare thing in the world of mm. technical clothing, especially your very like Milsurp approved, desaturated yeah, yeah. kind of olive <laughs> tones and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's not that much kind of like a very vibrant, like electric green kind of stuff. And I think mm. that has definitely has a futuristic element to it. You could also yeah. go in the kind of, early 2000s kind of raver direction as well which i think would also be kind of interesting mm -hmm. um yeah i definitely think there's there's some space for some more cool green stuff um nice what yeah. about did what you like the systems? uh arcteric system a stuff with the the like the little lime green do you see that yeah yeah um yeah i thought the green part was nice i wasn't such a big fan of like the general mm -hmm sort of the thing that the general sort of color scheme there and um, but yeah the fact that it included the little green here was quite nice yeah i've been nice. a little bit mixed on system a personally i really like the doom um the jacket from the first collection um which i picked up when it launched and yeah honestly i think that fits me super well i think it's like mega flattering from a kind of feature set perspective kind of does a lot of the things you want it's not dissimilar to uh beta um Mm -hmm. yeah gorsey in it backer is kind of nice um yeah it's it's got some some nice things to like and i think the color is really really cool as well so uh yeah that's that's been pretty good but yeah some of the other pieces yeah i've not they've not resonated with me too much maybe i'm not enough of a og arcteryx head to be like oh damn they used the you know whatever from like 20 years ago and kind of like reimagined it which i know mm -hmm. is is very much a theme of those collections um, and yeah. that's certainly cool, but yeah, that kind of connection is a little bit lost on me as someone that, you know, has only come into those kind of brands, yeah, maybe like 2017-ish. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is there is some of that. I think the System A is a very interesting um, marketing strategy. Mm. I can't remember. I you have a marketing degree. I can't remember what it would what it would be called, whether it's like new product, new market, old product, new market, whatever, whatever that is. I can't remember, but um, yeah, it's very strange because they they originally, I when I talked to Cooper Gill, the now former creative director of Arcteryx, when this all came out, I think I talked to him right after the first SMA launch. He was like, "Yeah, basically we're." each system a launch is going to be based on a different sport so like the first yeah, one is based off that. rock climbing the second one is based off i don't even know whatever and i think that message just got really muddied and it became this is new drops for hype beasts who are now or like gorpcore kids basically like it's basically the streetwear alternative for gorpcore where like they're releasing drops mm. for the kids who are into this clothing and um i think their third drop was kind of a miss not kind of i heard a lot of people saying bad things about it mm. um but it's a very interesting experiment overall yeah i agree i'm i'm super glad that it exists as a product line and i think yeah i kind of like the concept as well yeah that initial idea of 
taking a different sport and thinking, yeah, let's reimagine some stuff, yeah. maybe originally designed for those purposes, but then recontextualizing mm-hmm. them into a more kind of streetwear environment. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting way on playing on your heritage and your credentials as like a high performance brand, bringing those designs to a new market and potentially getting those people who maybe pick things up because they think it's a bit hype or whatever, but then they learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about, hey, this cool thing that I bought, oh, actually it has this relationship to this particular sport or this particular thing. And then it has the potential to kind of evangelize people a little bit more into those kind of sports, into Arc'teryx generally, into that kind of culture in a more genuine sense. Um, but yeah, I don't disagree. I think some of the more recent stuff, there's not been that much where I've seen it and I think like, oh yeah, like I definitely want some of that. Whereas the first collection, I, I kind of thought like, yeah, the Doom immediately, I was like, that looks awesome. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would want. I'm going to get mm-hmm. that. I haven't really got that same feeling from anything else since, which is kind of a yeah. shame because I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost exactly the target market. I'm the kind of person that appreciates Arc'teryx as a brand, but mm-hmm. I appreciate it from an aesthetic perspective as well as a performance perspective. And I like the idea of that relationship between different items of clothing and its history or the reasons why particular things are designed as they are. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, if I'm the the exact person that it's for and I'm not really feeling the later stuff, then mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's kind of a, a weather vein to it not quite being right more recently. But I do find yeah. the attitude kind of, it does make me roll my eyes a bit of uh, the, the inverted commas, hardcore or Arc'teryx fans being like mega against something like that existing. As if like- Really? Are they? Yeah. I've yeah, yeah. There's, there's a real, uh, yeah, kind of vocal, I imagine minority of people that are like, Arc'teryx used to be all about the outdoors, man. Like what happened and and giving it mm. all of this. And I, there's, okay. yeah, again, like it's kind of an ironic thing where they they really have this narrative of like, Arc'teryx is not a fashion brand. It's not about the way it looks. It's about the performance. But at the same time, being very, very concerned with other people wearing it and other people having a certain image and presenting themselves in a certain way. Like if you actually didn't care about the looks or the brand and you just cared about the performance of the product, why are you like on Reddit or whatever getting wound (laughs) up about some like 18 year old buying it to wear with some phone posits or whatever? Yeah. Very peculiar behavior to me. A little hypocritical. Yeah. A little hypocritical. Nice. Uh, Well, the next question is from Sam Buckaroo. They ask, how do you manage having a full-time job and a YouTube channel? Mm. Uh, with difficulty is the short answer to that. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, obviously having a full-time job is pretty time-consuming. Um, <laughs> yeah. And doing all of this content stuff is also extremely time-consuming. And it's the kind of thing that has you would hope would get more efficient and quicker over time, but it doesn't really work like that. Like when mm. I started doing these things, I was maybe making a video every week at the weekend and I would sit down and record it and edit it on like a Saturday, for example, and then I would be done. But Mm. now not only does that whole process take me way more time because I put a lot of thought into scripting the videos, then I film them. They take longer to film because I have more to say. I record a lot more B-roll to make the stuff more interesting. I do more in the edit, which takes a huge amount more time. 
Mm-hmm. All of that is a lot more time consuming. And you now have the pressure of, well, you got to be seen on Instagram. You got to be posting into Reddit. You got to be posting yeah. on Discord to the like the niche micro community. You've mm-hmm. got to have a TikTok account as well where you're humiliating yourself dancing for some more views. Um, and that's a platform where at the moment, you know, it feels like a bit of a gold rush where there's so many people on that app that just want to see more stuff. Mm-hmm. And the the narrative is very much like, hey, if you're on TikTok, you want to be posting as much as possible. And I think that's a, a surefire way to uh, to really burn people out. But yeah, as a result of doing all of that stuff, yeah, it just takes a lot of time. So I would say uh, I try and be as efficient as possible with my time. Um, I will try and dedicate like, hey, tonight I have a certain output that I want or I need to do. Maybe that's mm-hmm. writing a script. And I will take the time to try and do that. Um, Yeah. And and just trying to be disciplined. I think it's the same with, with exercise and stuff. Like a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. frankly, I am not inspired to go out and do something. I'm not like, yeah, wow. The muse has hit me today. I will stand in front of this camera and turn around and do like fake karate stuff wearing this jacket because I think it's fun. (laughs) No, it's like, yeah, I really want to, produce this final piece about this thing but i know if i wait until inspiration strikes i'm not going to do it in a reasonable time frame so sometimes you just need to sit down and kind of grind it out and the end result ends up being better for it but yeah you do kind of have to go through that that process of like suffering for it a little bit um and yeah i think you just have to recognize when that is getting a little bit too much like recently I've started not doing videos every week. I've changed to one every two weeks because Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just getting, it was becoming like a relentless cycle of like the video would go out on Sunday and then Sunday night, I'm trying to script the next week's video and then record it on like the Tuesday or whatever, start editing Wednesday. Which is unsustainable. Yeah. You you never ever have like a 24 hour period where you don't have to do anything. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that was ending up being kind of damaging. And you also need that time when you're doing any kind of creative process, you need that time to sit down and actually have a proper think about what can I do next that's going to be interesting or mix things up or like captivate people in some way that you haven't done before. Because I think if you don't have time to do that, you end up just grinding out the same pieces of content again and again. And I try to make things as good as I can. And I want to try and make those incremental improvements on all of the content that I do and all of the videos, especially. So yeah, I think being able to take a little bit more time to do them will be beneficial from that perspective. And it just means that you can get that nice balance as well of mm-hmm. one week, I focus a little bit on the long form content. The next week I focus a little bit on the short form content. And I do a few little videos about a few different topics and I can put them on reels or TikTok or wherever else it might be and hopefully have a bit of an impact from that perspective as well. Nice. Nice. I say nice too much when I react to people, but it's whatever. Um, Co-op would like to know, did you work for Arcteryx for a bit? Um, No, but I'm trying to think why you would ask that question. Have mm-hmm. I have I accidentally alluded to being some kind of Arcteryx insider? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I I did do one video, one or two videos actually, where I was fortunate enough to be sent stuff from them. Mm-hmm. So I did one on 
the valence uh the insulated monitor which is back there somewhere um because a, a PR, the PR company that they were working with at the time kind of reached out to me and said like, hey, we've got these new jackets. Would you like to review one on the channel? So I was like, yeah, sure. Did a review about that. And then uh, a little bit later, I think I reached out to Arcterex actually um, when there was a, it was maybe a year and a half ago, just saying like, you know, big fan of the brand, would love to cover stuff a little bit more. Like, is there anything we can do? And uh, yeah, they sent me uh, a beta and an Atom AR, I think. So I did a video. I did like two videos, actually. There was one talking about like why why Arcteryx is hyped, something like that, um, mm. maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, and then a follow-up to that, actually talking about some of the actual pieces and like what makes them interesting or, or why you should consider these kinds of things. So yeah, I've done, I've probably over-indexed on Arcteryx content overall a mm. little bit over time. <laughs> Um, but that's because, you know, I genuinely like the brand and I genuinely like the pieces. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I'm I'm not that much of an insider and uh, I've not worked in, in that kind of capacity for any fashion brands. Um, but in a more general sense, because um, this question comes up a lot as well of like why I cover certain brands or um, why a lot of the content that I do is like very positive in general. I'm not like super critical about stuff um and the reason for that is that like i only really buy stuff or i accept things that i think i'm going to like so the the nature of that is yeah when i make the video i probably like it because mm. if people offer me you know even if it's free like there's not much point to me of accepting free clothing that i don't particularly like so i can make a video about it where i like don't recommend that people buy it because then like I end up with clothing I don't like and make a video that seems kind of unsatisfying and it's probably not that helpful to people anyway. And then probably the brand is also annoyed that like I've made this piece of content where I'm not recommending yeah. their product. So it's just, yeah, it's just better if like I, I ignore that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the reason. Yeah. There's certainly nothing to do with like, I accept products and then because I've got something for free or I haven't paid for it or whatever, then I will give things a positive review. Um, cause I, I just see no value in doing that. Frankly, I don't see any value in pretending to like something that I don't like. Cause then I end up with loads of clothing that I don't like <laughs> that I have to wear. Nice. Nice. Well, that's a good answer to that question. The next question is from Alan72702. Do you think techwear will ever become mainstream, a day-to-day -day clothing style for the masses? Mm. I think I think elements of techwear kind of have to an extent. Um, you know, the whole like gorpcore outdoor fashion kind of thing is, mm -hmm. you know, very much approaching mainstream fashion right now. Um, and that certainly has elements of techwear or like technical clothing to put it in a broader sense and a lot of clothing that you can get at the moment has some kind of technical element to it or a, a kind of technical look in some way and yeah loads of popular stuff like you know salomon sneakers for example um you know they they're kind of techwear adjacent in some kind of way um but if, if you're being a real purist about it and you're thinking from the kind of acronym real like 
I don't want to say like avant-garde because I don't really feel it is that, but you know, I mean the the real like fashion forward, like hyper innovative stuff. Um, mm. I think the the price is just always going to be too much of a barrier because I've just I can't really think of that many examples where I've seen that kind of tech wear clothing executed at an affordable price in a way that really ticks all the boxes. There's always something that suffers there. Um, mm. And, you know, maybe maybe it kind of has to. Um, but I think, yeah, that will always prevent that from, from reaching true mainstream because as soon as you try and make an affordable version of some of those products, then you'll always lose something, whether it be it won't, it'll have like a more traditional or standard cut. It won't have the same super high performance materials, which might give you that nominal benefit, but they cost magnitudes more money. Um, you know, all of those kinds of things. But I think also there's there's probably a bit of a market shift as well um, in a way that has kind of benefited the, the Gorpcore stuff and the outdoor fashion, where I think the, the whole like, slightly cyberpunk futuristic utilitarian thing has all got a little bit too real like oh, yeah. i feel like maybe back in 2015 it was like a, a fun little fantasy like wow <laughs> isn't this different from from everything and yeah maybe now when i don't know i feel like in a geopolitical sense there's just like a lot more going on that it kind of feels like i guess from two perspectives Maybe A, people feel a need to, like, I want to represent myself in a more authentic way. And tech wear mm. clothing is not necessarily that because I think it always has that slight kind of, I don't want to say cosplay, but it has that sort of, there's a bit of a persona around it, I think. Especially when, you know, you're you're going like real head to toe and loads of like crazy stuff. And maybe people feel like, you know, that doesn't accurately represent me. I want to be a bit more kind of real and maybe the, mm. the kind of outdoor fashion stuff is a bit more like that. Or it could be the total opposite in that people think, well, this whole like late capitalist cyberpunk nightmare, that's mm -hmm. too real. And I actually want to <laughs> escape to the, the gorp core, the outdoor fashion, the idea of nature, simplicity, and they want to dress in a way that reflects that. Who knows? Philosophical. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be a great answer. Great answer. <laughs> um, the next question is from La Bouncy one one two four. A lot of numbers in these. Yeah, lots of numbers in these questioners. Lots of numbers. Um, how do you remember all the specific numbers for acronym pieces? Speaking of numbers, that's their question. Ah, oh, they heavily identify with numbers then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, kind of by osmosis and just over time, you get more familiar with the different mm -hmm. models. Like I'm definitely not the oracle of everything acronym related, that's for sure. But I think over time when you're you're in this community, um, you see certain things enough that you just come to recognize them. And that starts with very particular things. Like I think a lot of people certainly in... The, this kind of space would know what the J1 looks like because it's a very iconic design. There have been maybe 40 different versions of it by now. A lot of people have owned them. You'll see a lot of outfit pictures with them. So when people see like that big 
flak pocket on the front. They mm-hmm. maybe kind of reckon, oh, that's a J1. That's like the first jacket. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Okay. And then from there, mm-hmm. like you've got like the P10, which are the the kind of slim fitting pants. And they've had a few different versions. But I guess when people then start seeing, oh, they're the slim acronym pants. Yeah, that's the P10. So then like you have that sort of the base of like those few models that you can recognize. Um and then the materials are kind of easy because there's not that many of them. Um, like anything that is dash DS is dry skin. There's loads of things that are made of dry skin. And once you've seen it and worn it and whatever, then you can kind of recognize, hey, that's a dry skin model of pan. Um, and yeah, it just kind of builds out from there. But yeah, there's loads that I don't know. Like if you told, if you asked me like, oh, what does a J8 look like? Mm-hmm. I don't know because it's probably like 15 years old and I've yeah. never seen one in my life. So yeah, I don't know. But the the kind of the big ones, and especially the recent things as well, because they're all over the place. You just kind of get familiar with them over time. Mm-hmm. But I imagine it's the same with any brand. Like if you spend all day yeah, on, the, on the Rick Owens Discord, it will be the same. Yeah. You'd learn all that stuff. Exactly. Um, next question is from oh, Oliver, both an I, Olivier, <laughs> PK. They ask, insulator, acronym, or Arcteryx, or something else. I guess of those, what's your favorite? Mm. Um, I guess I would have to go Arcteryx purely because of the amount that I've worn that Atom LT oh, wow. and later the nice. Atom AR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get the J91, which is a acronym insulator, like a mega puffy one, but mm-hmm. I just, it didn't look quite right on me because I'm built like a pool noodle and having this like massive fat jacket, which just wasn't, just wasn't looking quite right on me. So uh, I ended up returning that one. But, you know, through no fault of the jacket, because the construction is really interesting. It has um, some very cool, like, circular stitching on the back of the shoulder blades, which I've not seen in another jacket. But, uh, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't quite the one for me. But I think the J58, which is like a lighter weight but not dissimilar insulator, would uh, be more up my street. So if I ever see one of those come up for cheap, then maybe I'll change my answer. <laughs> nice um the same person also asks well not even ask they just say the state a fashion <laughs> backpack for camping uh well i've already outed myself as not much of a camper as a non-camper yeah um i think age. the those and wonder dyneema bags that they did like a year or two ago were really cool i like those a lot um, are they full backpacks or are they the side bag yeah, they did a full backpack. Um, they don't. I think they they refer to it as Cuban fiber rather than Dyneema, but I think it is actually Dyneema. C U B E N. And yeah, they're they're pretty cool and interesting. They definitely have like outdoor gear kind of look, but also quite mm-hmm. futuristic at the same time. It's kind of yeah, oh, yeah all yeah. silver Dyneema finish and like red and blue cords on the sides as well. Oh, I think stuff nice. like that is pretty cool. But yeah, I don't own too much that's like, yeah, super hiker aesthetic backpack. They all just seem to be the more futuristic looking things. Like uh, a lot of my backpacks are Coet CL actually, which I'm a fan of, but they're very much, um, yeah, like kind of architectural city kind of thing rather than out there with a tin of beans and a camping stove. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll be out there one day though. You'll be out there. Yeah. You'll be yeah, in the, you'll be getting out of the tent. You'll be getting out the Gucci North Face tent. 
throwing the beans on the snow peak Takibi grill. Oh yeah. yeah. You'll be there one day. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> okay. So here's, here's some of the, I got some, I got some real weird ones. We can cut these of out course. if you'd like. I got some real weird ones. Stefano. You're really emphasizing the real and real weird. And this is worrying me a little bit. Stefano Catillo would like to know, do a jiggle when you walk. Do it jiggle. What's that? It. Do yes. it jiggle. Um, yeah, yeah. Depends what we're talking. Some things, yes. Other things, no. All right. I say we leave it at that. Yeah. Awk Keep it mysterious. Awesome. Awk awesome. Three, two, one. Uh, do you shave your pubes? <laughs> uh, you got to keep things looking neat, you know? Okay. Got to keep it tidy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say. Good. Uh, Selveste Kage is asking. Not a question. Just wanted to say thanks for unblocking me. <laughs> You're is welcome. There, when I said the name, you laughed. Is there a, a history there? Um, I was I was laughing at the fact that I very sincerely answered a question about my pubes. Oh, okay, um, okay. But yes, there there is a question there, so, uh, history there rather. So, um, yeah, I hadn't blocked on Discord for absolutely ages because um, when he joined the Techware Discord server. Um, he was, uh, I think insufferable is the word that he used. Um, so I just kind of thought like, cause, and I like, this isn't the only person that I've ever blocked, but, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be mean about people either. Right. But I, I just feel like often in like big communities, you get a lot of people where, they feel a real need to like, I must inject my opinion all the time into conversations mm, and they end up like those. derailing things. Um, and I think he, at the start, he was kind of like that. So he was one of the first people I blocked for my sanity. Um, but the problem with blocking people on Discord is that you can tell if you've been blocked really easily because you can't mm. react to anyone's posts. So people find out really quickly and they're like, bro, why did you block me? And and now I feel really bad because like, it's not because like, I have a personal problem with you. I don't hate you. You haven't offended me. It's just, uh -huh. I want your messages to be collapsed because otherwise yeah. I'm like reading so much of one person. I never get to see from anyone else. Okay. Um, yeah. I just wish there was a way on discord of doing that and like, not cause I don't care if people react to my posts, right? Like I'm not, uh -huh. I don't want people to like get out of my life or whatever. It's just like, I want the post to be collapsed so I can see a bit more of what's going on. So uh, yeah, apologies to to anyone. Leave that Antoine that the fuck alone, everyone. If you see him in the Discord, <laughs> don't say anything. Do not react to my posts. No Do cloud emojis to his posts. on my posts. Do not comment. <laughs> Do not reply. <laughs> yeah. Do not message him. <laughs> All right. Uh, Big Chungus meme compilation wants to know. Nice. What is your thought process for coming up with intro words that start with A? Is there a thought um, process or is it like me two minutes before we record, I write down an intro? Yeah, it is literally that. So when I script my videos, I write every single part of what I'm saying, apart from one thing, which is the intro. I just the write intro. the word intro. Um, <laughs> so then I press record and I'm like, huh. So if I ever posted like an unedited version of one of my videos, there would be like a two minute period of me sitting in silence, just like with my with my head on my with my hand yeah. on my forehead, like trying to think of another word that begins with A that I don't think I've used before. Yeah. So 
yeah, there is there is no process. It is pure, spontaneous in the moment stuff. Good improv. It's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, that's good acting work. Mm. Helps you get get you fresh for the camera. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to yeah. like psych yourself up a bit as well. You want to be high energy, and that the A word thought process helps build me up. Yes, beautiful. Um, Yan underscore Nick O two seven more numbers would like to know. Um, or is asking, will you ever do a replica acronym gear video? Um, I was asked this quite recently, actually, on a on a video not too long ago. I wouldn't be totally opposed to it, but I just want to make super sure that it doesn't come across as me like advocating or advertising buying fake stuff in any way. Um, and I think it's kind of difficult for that to come across. Um so that's kind of the reason. And also because I just don't like, I don't mind buying stuff that's bad. Like that's one thing, but when you're actively like buying fake stuff, just feels a bit whack to me, even if it's for the yeah. purposes of making a video. Cause I really do feel like I am literally wasting my money on this in a big way because I can't do anything with it. I'm not going to sell it to anyone. I, I feel mm. bad about like giving it to a charity shop or something because like, then they are going to think that it's real and they will sell it to someone that thinks it's real. And then, you know, there's another fake product on the market. Yeah. So yeah, I just have to put it in my, uh, I have what I like to call like the nuclear containment box of all the <laughs> terrible things that I've bought that I keep so that they're not like unleashed upon the world. So I imagine mm. it as like a lead lined concrete box where the radiation can't escape from. Good. Like your own personal Chernobyl, but for yeah. fake acronym yeah. gear. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Nice. Uh, the next question is from Toaster on Caffeine. They say, in quotes, Warcore is actually a decent style, in quote. Agree or nah? And that's the question. Yeah. Um, I think as it stands at the moment, it's, it's kind of a nah. Um, I think at the moment, if you, if you look at what Warcore presents itself as at the moment, a lot of it doesn't really feel like a legitimate style of fashion it kind of feels like and to an extent a lot of fashion is kind of cosplay or costumey but it feels like mm. it is it is like cosplay first and foremost and like fashion after because all of the brands that people like to kind of talk about in this kind of space there are no there are never any like reputable designers involved or anyone that has like an interesting history or anything like that they're purely like dropshippers or aliexpress brands things that are very cheap that are designed to put a certain look out there but then not really have much substance behind that mm. which is kind of a shame because i think conceptually the idea of walk or could be really interesting yeah. and i think yeah there's there's loads of space around like milsurp gear and military history and the idea of garments being or, or certain features or certain aesthetics being recontextualized from military into civilian use and i think the idea of walk or like i would love to see it play way more around with those kinds of ideas and the people who think like yeah i want to dress in in the walk or kind of style to take old military products and repurpose them and use them in a in a more interesting way or even kind of take the attitude of yeah, this gear is maybe at one time used for war or used to kill people or whatever. I'm recontextualizing it and I'm wearing mm. it in a different context. Maybe even to be critical of that kind of culture or being critical of like glorifying 
war or the military or stuff like that. But none of that comes across. There is never mm. any kind of subversion or interesting kind of take on this stuff at the moment. It is pure like hyper consumption kind of online trend, I feel, where people will buy, you know, they buy the walk or outfit, they buy the whole thing in one go so mm. that they can post content about it on social channels and then they probably yeah. take it off again after that picture right um which is fine like i don't think there's a problem with doing that and like there's a massive cosplay community of people making their own characters dressing up in different characters doing all that kind of thing so that's yeah it's totally fine i don't have an issue with that but i think there is definitely a separation there at the moment between what warcore could be as a legitimate fashion style and kind of where yeah. it's at at the moment, which is something a little bit different. And I think as well, a lot of the, the fans and the people that are dressing in this style maybe don't, they're not kind of viewing things with like geopolitical context in mind and without thinking about the fact that, well, what you're doing, if you're dressing up wearing all of this like faux military gear and like posing with a weapon and stuff is kind of glorifying conflict and war and mm -hmm. things that are designed to kill people. And again, it's it's kind of a cosplay thing at the end of the day. You can do yeah. that, but I think you need to be doing so with some level of awareness that, mm -hmm. you know, that is kind of what you're doing. So you can either lean into it and say like, yep, yeah, I'm... I'm embodying this kind of culture. I'm taking it to the next level and I'm turning it into fiction or using it in some way to show like, you know, look at how brutal a world could be where the military look or operate like this and use it as like a, a critical tool um, or a subversive tool. Like something like that could be quite interesting. But yeah, we're, we're definitely not quite there at the moment. But who knows? It, it could change. It could like totally turn on its head and people could start taking that concept of war call like way more seriously and, and doing way more stuff with it. And I, I'd like to see it personally. Okay. Uh, off of that very good topic, we have a really another good, a really, really good question actually. Mm. Um, so, you know, how like you got really deep into the topic of the last one and like you had a lot to say and like some really intellectual points. The next one um, from BK underscore, 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 however many there are VM would like to know, would you have sex with Errolson Hugh? <laughs> Strap in, everyone. It's going to be a long answer. <laughs> um, Twice as long. <laughs> yeah. We need our own podcast for this, this answer alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to give that a no, um, mm. but not because I don't think he's a, a handsome and accomplished man. Mm. Um, just, just not my preference. All right. That's fine, I guess. Uh, hi, Jordy <laughs> would like to know, do a jiggle. Please refer back to a previous question uh, for that one. Theo, I just I read these because I feel bad if I don't read them um, for the people who asked. But Theo, no, that's fine. The people Holder, need to know if it jiggled. The people do need to know, and you have uh, my client Antoine has spoken on the jiggling <laughs> in the past. We will not be repeating. Um, Theo Van Holder would like to know what was the piece that got you into fashion and tech wear? Specific piece. Ooh. Um... One of the first things that got me into the, the first thing that I feel like was my real kind of expensive fashion pickup was a pair mm. of Oreo 2.0 Flyknit racers. Mm. They were the first pair of shoes that I bought that I was like, oh, damn, I got some <laughs> cool shoes on now. Like I'd always, you know, always worn shoes, funnily enough. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, that was definitely the first pair where like, 
I'd spent a little bit more money than what I feel like was your average shoe price. I think they retailed at like mm. 130 or something, which at the time, like that was like real top end shoe price. And like they're made of flyknit, they've got this cool technology. I was like, oh yeah, these are pretty sweet. Um, and that definitely kind of evangelized me a little bit into like, oh, buying like cool high-end shoes is, is kind of fun. Like I guess some satisfaction from owning these things. Um, in terms of tech wear specifically, I bought the Nike Lab ACG Alpine jacket and the matching cargos at the same time. Uh, I think they came out in like FW1516. And yeah, that was the first kind of, oh yeah, now we've got a tech wear outfit going kind of deal. Uh Um, And yeah, at the time, you know, the Alpine retailed like 500 pounds. So at the time that was an absolutely enormous purchase for someone who previously, you know, I wouldn't have spent more than a hundred pounds on the jacket, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that definitely felt like a bit of a, a kind of special moment of getting this thing that I perceived to be like, wow, this is really an awesome bit of clothing and like investigating all the zips and undoing all the pockets. And I remember my, my dad, like coming around the corner being like, like, what are you doing? Cause I'd spent the last 10 minutes, like zipping and unzipping different things. It was like, yeah, like what on earth are you doing? It's like, I'm just playing with this new jacket. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he quite understood the, mm. uh, the, the tech wear, but, it's fine. He gets it now. I gave him one of my jackets and uh, oh, it nice. looks much better on him than on me. So he's got some acronym swag now. A very interesting usage of you'll never understand me, dad, which is unzipping and zipping a jacket a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, loner underscore Leo asks, why tech wear? We've already been over that. We don't have to do it again. Just want to be nice and read your question. <laughs> Leaf Mao asks, why does he say pants instead of trousers when he's from the UK? Ask him the hard-hitting questions. That is a good question. Yeah, that Why is a good question. Um, I have answered it before, but the very simple answer is if I say trousers, then all of the Americans incessantly comment on my videos being like, oh, what trousers. the hell are trousers? trousers? What's a trouser, mate? What's <laughs> enough water? Um, so, yeah. So when I say pants, all of the Americans are like, oh, cool, I get it. And then there's the subsection yeah, yeah. of, of my fellow Brits who I do apologize yeah, yeah. to who, uh, who get upset about it. So yeah, that is the reason I would prefer to just say trousers all the time, but yeah, the, the comments of people not getting what trousers were were too much. And now it's just so normalized in my brain that I just say pants mm. first. Oh really? Um, Even like not yeah. around Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general. Wow. I just say pants. Sorry, man. Yeah, I know. YouTube. That's what it does to you. Why must YouTube, we suffer yeah. for our art? <laughs> Um, Zio Zioe Lekek wants to know have you got bored of tech wear and if not or have you ever gotten bored of tech wear that's a good question the, the second part of the question is something I've already asked but the first part of the question is is there a point where you like almost gave up um, yeah I think there was there was a little bit of a, a dark time where I think when when I started getting into this stuff people were being very, very prescriptive about what is or is not tech wear. And people Mm. cared a lot about whether things were tech wear or not. And there was this real feeling in the community of like, oh, you really need to do a lot to justify why your outfit is tech wear. Mm. And if it's not tech wear, like that's bad. Like there's some kind of 
like additional value judgment of like how tech wear is it and if it's not very tech wear then your outfit is bad type thing um and that was definitely something that after a while i started getting pretty bored with um yeah very like prescriptive and kind of draconian rules about like you know it's almost like oh you're losing some tech wear points if uh if it's not all black you gain a few tech wear points by you know having some extra pockets Ah, oh, you've lost a few because your joggers are like mega tapered yeah yeah exactly it was exactly that kind of rhetoric so that was kind of annoying um I think that has kind of died out a little bit and I've certainly mm. done my part in making content that's like please stop thinking in these terms yeah. um and yeah the idea that like tech wear is in some way divided from regular fashion like oh I can either go out wearing my clothes or I can go out wearing my tech wear like please don't mm. think of things like that like they should not be yeah, you don't have to put on your tag wear costume in the morning. You can wear as, as much or as little of stuff that kind of fits this aesthetic as you want. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that that was definitely something where I was kind of getting frustrated. But um, yes. to the extent, yeah, you like know, be the, be the change you want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, a kind of commuter. You know, be the change you want to see. Like, if, if there's something that you're getting annoyed with, like, nothing is holding you to that particular perception. Like, you can start doing different things if you want to. Um, exactly. And yeah, I started wearing, I mean, I, I can't claim that I was suddenly like wearing 19th century menswear with acronym jackets, but, you know, I, I'd okay. like to think that, you know, <laughs> I broke away from all black, totally cyberpunk crazy stuff and, and just looking yeah. at things that were a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that probably helped a little bit. Nice, nice. Uh, J underscore Allen dot D. It's, it's saying it's a lot it's a mouthful my man that username's <laughs> a lot but what do you want to see acronym come out with is that a question mm. i think the thing that makes acronym an interesting brand is that they kind of dictate that i don't think they really like i don't really get the impression that they're kind of like hanging around thinking oh yeah like this particular thing seems to be popular right now like we'll do that to really capitalize on it yeah. they they kind of dictate the market a little bit they kind of tell people they tell the acronym fans what they want and then they're like okay and then they buy it <laughs> um i i kind of like the bravery associated with that um they definitely do things that are like kind of for the market if you know what i mean like and i think they're doing that more now they do more clothing that goes to retailers and it's made in large quantities and it's not quite as experimental or crazy um mm -hmm. but yeah the the kind of the mother site stuff the things that are exclusive to their own website yeah those are kind of we just came up with this strange experimental idea here it is like see if you like it so it's for that reason it's kind of hard for me to anticipate like oh yeah this is the next thing that i want to see from acronym um yeah what can i what kind of idea can i give yeah i don't really know i feel like they come up with the ideas before me and that's that's what makes it interesting nice well that's totally fine that's that's an okay answer to give the next question is v h a l a r c volark maybe mm. what was your work before youtube and I guess this is a person who, like me, did not know you had a real job outside of YouTube. 
not saying mm. YouTube isn't a real job, but a nine to five outside of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have always worked in uh, social media, basically in, in marketing. Mm. So okay. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on both sides of the coin. So uh, after I graduated university, I started working for a tech brand doing their social media in the UK. Um, and I did that for like four and a half years, something like that. And I kind of started doing the YouTube thing while I was there. Um, mm. And now I've moved to a very similar um, tech brand, also doing social media and influencer marketing. Um, and yeah, just just still continuing that basically. So yeah, very much leading a double life. But it's it's kind of interesting, that's for sure. Like my nine to five, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like creating these brand posts and doing things from that higher level brand perspective and like paid social media content and looking at things from that perspective and working with agencies on getting influencer content created and, you know, all that paid stuff Mm. and boosting influencer content and all that kind of strategy. And then I go home and I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, Um, which I guess it can be a little bit tiring because, you know, you're spending a lot of your time doing stuff that has some relationship but it also means you know in my nine to five like you can't totally pull the wool over my eyes and be like oh this is how the influencers like to behave or whatever because it's like well i've seen contracts like this i've done work like Mm -hmm. this and i can tell you that you know it doesn't always work like that (laughs) so it gives me a little bit of an advantage from from that perspective but yeah that's that's pretty much me i'm i'm a i'm a marketing guy you're a marketing genius (laughs) <laughs> i don't know about that you need to humble yourself um <laughs> there you go the next question is from ya chukwa where is all the solomon content which you've posted on instagram solomon content where's the youtube solomon content? when are you gonna do a shoe review all uh mm-hmm. like your nnd reviews you used to do yeah um so i did in fact uh i will hold up to the camera which no one can see i did a review Uh on these the acs pro advanced i think at the beginning of the year and nobody watched it so there you go if you go back and watch that video then uh you can have some more (laughs) salomon content Um, do you like those shoes yeah i like them a lot i think they're really nice um i think they're a little bit too expensive Mm -hmm. i think they retailed at like 195 pounds which is a lot compared to like you know, the XT6 is what, like 140 or something. So mm. like, that's a lot of extra cash. Um, but they are really cool. Like they're super lightweight. I love these like metal details on the side, the kind of translucent cage. Yeah, I mm. think there's a lot to like about them. Um, I like that reference to the early 2000s, the GCS they're based on. Um, I think this colorway is really nice. I can't even remember what this one is called, but it's whatever the first release was. Maybe like, like vanilla or chalk, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's got a slight kind of green about it, which I quite like. It's like a very delicate kind of desaturated green, a bit chalky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, think there's a whole lot to like about them. Um, yeah, just I wish they were maybe even like 25 quid cheaper. If they were like 170, then I think it would be like a, a kind of good sell. But yeah, the, the extra price just makes it that little bit harder to recommend. Well, there you go. Go watch the video. Mm. Pyramid Corp would like to know, if you never discovered techwear, how would you dress? Hmm. Menswear. 
Yeah. 1920s menswear, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be out there with my like Victorian cane (laughs) and top hat. Have you seen that guy that that makes all his own clothes and he dresses in that like Victorian era style? No, I haven't. Yeah, he's he's kind of like popped off a little bit. I can't remember what his name is. I want to say Zach Mm. something, but I could be totally wrong. Um yeah, he's he's out there living his best life. He makes all his own clothing. It's all inspired by, yeah, like 19th and 20th century stuff. Oh, Zach McLeod, McLeod, whatever. Hmm, maybe. Pinsent, Pinsent, Zach Pinsent, that's his name. Of Pinsent mm. Tailoring in Brighton, UK, is a very dapper young yeah, man who dresses that as if he were a Regency gentleman from the 19th century. Yeah, maybe that could be me. Just a total he, says, he says that this clothing is more comfortable for him and he burned his last pair of jeans he had as a teenager. Respect for doing that. Crazy. Yeah. I'm just looking at his page now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's some very cool stuff. But um, Bridgerton, yeah. Hopefully. Aside from that, um, yeah, I'd probably take a more kind of streetwear style, but more yeah i don't know i'd like to say a brand kind of like Cavempt is maybe something maybe a route that i would go down a little bit more because i kind of mm-hmm. like the the whole retro futuristic kind of thing i like how they use a lot of kind of graphic design elements in their clothing and it's not just different ways of using the brand and when they do use the brand it's kind of in a funny ironic sort of way and i like the whole ethos of Cavempt, but like the joke is on the person buying it like that's yeah. kind of funny to me. Um, so yeah, I think something like that would be good. Even though I don't think it actually fits me that well because I'm very tall and slim, and I think Cavent tends to look better on shorter people because mm-hmm. it often tends to be like really cropped. So a lot of it just yeah, yeah doesn't, I love this doesn't hundred percent work. Yeah, I love this stuff. I would love to get like a few t-shirts from them or hoodies or something, but mm. it's one of those brands that I have on a list of brands that I want to get something from, but I haven't yet. Mm. it's a a difficult price point to just Mm. like buy something on a whim as well it's that little bit too expensive without trying it on first or anything yeah yeah and yeah it definitely demands being tried on i think because some of the pieces do fit a bit weird like the the jumpers that i have are yeah kind of boxy a bit short i bought something else once that just looked like a potato sack on me i had to go back it was like a mock neck kind of deal on the yeah. model. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is sick. This is mm-hmm. going to have this, but then showed up and it was not good. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, That's why I don't have any Japanese some. clothing. Cause I just, mm. I, I want to go try it on and here where I live, it's a fashion desert where there's nothing. Mm. And I, there's nowhere to try it on even. So I have to go like New York mm. if I want to try something. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Well, anyway, next question is from underscore Zen dot they ask you which got you into techware. We've already answered the question. Animal.exe. How much does your entire wardrobe cost? Uh, I would not like to total that up, but far more than any normal person should spend on their wardrobe. And I think Beautiful. the 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 problem that I have is that mm-hmm. I I find it quite difficult to get rid of stuff, partly because I have a bit of a like collector mindset thing in my brain that's like well you've got it like don't you want to collect the whole set 
don't you want all the <laughs> acronym? Don't you want all the Nike yeah. Live ACG? Like, hold uh-huh. on to it, and then you know you can you can get everything. Um, and partly just from a logistical perspective, I find it hard to like take the time to like go and list things and take all the pictures and deal with people and stuff. When I perceive that as like that's time taken away from me actually making the content and actually doing the thing that people like. And also, I have mm-hmm. a bit of a a thing where like what if I want to refer back to that thing? What if I want to use it for something in the future? Even if it's not something that I wear right now, I, yeah, I think like, ah, oh, I don't want to part with that because what if I need to compare it to a new thing, you know, for a future bit of content? So that kind of prevents me from doing it as well. So yeah, as a result, I just own far more than I really need to, frankly. righty. Well, there you have it. That is all the questions that I have for you on this oh. wonderful podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some very good questions there. Mm-hmm. Not better than any questions that I ask though, because it is my show and I do ask all the good questions because I'm the person who has the show. So yeah, these guys are just imposters, tree no, imposters, they're, fake they're trees. Just tree impo- they're fake trees. They're like those trees. I don't know if you have in the UK, we have these trees here that are cell phone towers disguised as trees. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty weird. Mm. Yeah. Why disguise them as trees? I think it's like preserve to control nature <laughs> to control our minds that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they didn't want us to know, if they I mean if they didn't care about us knowing, they just make it yeah. look like cell phone towers. They're trying to deceive us, trying to deceive the people. They are. Yeah. They are. Putting those 5G brainwaves through. Oh us. yeah. Yeah. They got they got the 5G activating my vaccine, making me post yeah. about making me buy um, microsoft products making me buy acronym jackets yeah <laughs> that's how i justify it that's how you justify it yeah the yeah. 5g made me do it yeah <laughs> nice thank you Sounds so much good. for coming on the episode of the trees and Island podcast today mr Antoine. yeah thank you very much for having me it's uh it's been fun time has absolutely flown by it's been like yeah. two hours of us talking and i feel like it's only been like 30 minutes yeah bumper episode yeah yeah it's been a good one it's been a good one and i hope that people enjoy it as well i hope everyone who's been waiting with bated breath to hear if it jiggles or not is satisfied <laughs> with the episode um and all the nonsense techwear talk we had also i'm sorry you yeah. had to sit through all that but we got there eventually <laughs> um well yeah thank you for coming on i'd love to have you on a patreon episode at some point i do a little patreon episode every week where i have a little more relaxed chat, not necessarily Gorp correlated, just get to know the guests a little bit better. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash trees and nylon for anyone interested. Um, yeah. Thank you again. Yeah, sounds good. And uh speak to you soon, my man. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. Of course. <laughs> about this moment.